They were upper-class English schoolboys, groomed to become gentlemen. I was banned from playing the guitar because it was a symbol of the revolution. It wasn't the proper thing to do, but they became one of the world's biggest rock bands. It was the most unlikely thing in the world for me ever even to pursue this career. It was never what I was supposed to do. Lead singer Peter Gabriel put Genesis into the art rock spotlight. I remember coming out in his fox's head and a red dress. And that was a great way to start a show. Soon after Genesis gained stardom, their theatrical frontman made a dramatic exit. One day, woke up, and the front page of Melody Maker was Gabriel Quits Genesis. It was a bit like telling someone decided to kill their child. It was like Jagger leaving the Stones. But Genesis discovered the perfect replacement was already in the band. With Phil Collins out front, Genesis rose from cult favorite to international pop phenomenon. But Phil took heat for the band's new musical direction. Peter Gabriel and, and, and Phil Collins, you know, which, which Genesis do you prefer? The old Genesis fans nightly stick pins in my effigy. Then Phil Collins launched a solo career that upstaged the success of Genesis. And after 26 years with a band he helped take to the pinnacle of rock success, Phil Collins quits Genesis. I'm not part of the story anymore. I'm part of the history, but I'm not part of the current story. The fans wait 10 years for his triumphant return. The story of a few well-bred English gentlemen who took a risk and rocked the world. Genesis, the story behind the music. Welcome. To the greatest episode of all, it's episode 50, Woo! No soundboard. I don't touch soundboards in front of nope. Larry. That was just my dick hitting my belly. <laughs> Lawrence, you're here. That's how I applaud. I know. Dude, the yes. episode 50, how did I get to 50 in one year? I think you did 49 and then this one would be 50. <laughs> Because You're right. Math works. Shit. <laughs> no wonder I kept getting D minuses. I'm actually here, though. I know. And you were early. I was out taking out. No, I was on time. Yeah. That to you is early. <laughs> That's true. That's my problem. That's my cross to bear. <laughs> the, <laughs> Not the being considerate change, of, the more they stay the same. Not considering other people's time. My cross to bear. <laughs> it's all right. We all have her. <laughs> We all have our crosses to bear. But, dude, I am so excited. I, you know, for the longest time, I, I mean, we, we talked about it a little bit with, in the past, Josh hates this band. Yeah. <laughs> and vehemently hates Phil Collins. Uh, and, and he's not the only one. Phil Collins seems to have this love him or hate him thing about him. 
He does. Which I don't get. But it's it's but it's universal. It's weird because it, it it's almost like he takes the piss out of himself before anyone else's. Mm-hmm. I know Kevin Smith said it in an interview one time, something about Yeah, the I can see who I am, so I'll call it out before anyone else does. It's like I think bullying one oh one. Phil Collins looks Nancy. like if your science teacher had a band. <laughs> I get that. But then uh, to me, that feels like a victory for the little guy. Or, yeah. or you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so, you know, he's not, but man, like for me, I'll just dive right in. Go. Phil Collins, you were talking 1986 was Phil Collins world and we were just all living in it. Like he was on Miami vice playing like a drug dealer. I think he was in, I was 10 years playing a detective. Like I was 10 Hook. years old. So you know, when you're making your memories, that's when m- music imprints you the most. True. When you're just starting your first memory. Like, you know, not that I, my first memories were 10, but those are the kind of the ones you remember. You kind of are imprinted forever. Like, I have a couple memories of being four or five, but not too many. Yes, totally. And, and it's, it's one of these things, too, where it's like you... When you were, there's something so impressionable, and I I allude to this in the beginning, but like, basically, when I was young, my dad, before I was actually born, used to take the speaker and put it right up against my mom's pregnant okay, belly. It was before the warnings to do not do that. <laughs> they say that those side effects that causes kids to show up late places. That's when true. They grow up. And man, it's. <laughs> I am late positive. Interesting. Now they just, what do you just, you just put a Bluetooth up to the beat? The, I don't. That's true. Like, what is what did Snoop Dogg do with his kids? Like, you know, like, uh, we got to. Blue, blue, blue smoke up her. Uh... It's just like little baby chilling Jamaican Damn. style in the. Damn. <laughs> Trimester three is the shit. They're doing what's the they do the thing on the belly? What is that thing though? Oh, uh, Lamaze class. No, the, it's the, the breathing the, exercise. No, it's the thing they lube it up and it shows oh, you the looks like uh, your baby fell in a well. <laughs> it's always that angle, yeah. yeah. It's just like oh, his baby's got squinty eyes. <laughs> just yeah, base <laughs> Snoop Dogg. Mm-hmm. Come on, quit blowing it up the mm-hmm. vulva. Knock mm-hmm. it off. Anyways, no. I call that for an album title. (laughs) Blowing it up the vulva. It's mine, people. Ron Jeremy's autobiography. (laughs) Um, No, but truthfully, uh, this band was ingrained in me. And when I was was a little boy, I remember distinctly, I, I broke my leg on a snowmobile accident. And my dad had me for a week. And... We were driving to and from in Michigan and during winter, and mm-hmm. I was sitting in the back seat, and he put on the album Trick of the Tail, mm-hmm. and there was a song called Ripples that everybody who's like a diehard Genesis fan probably knows, and it was just transformative. Like, I suddenly was just like, I've heard this before, you know? Like, mm-hmm. it, not necessarily like when all yeah, full... Yeah, the speaker being held up to your mom. <laughs> She's like, yeah, I know that track too, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it it, it it was, and it is, like I've always said, music is a time capsule. It's one mm-hmm. of the best time capsules we have. And it was so prominent. It was, it was how I knew my dad. Like if a Genesis song came on, I'd only seen him every other weekend. Mm-hmm. So if we were in the supermarket or listening to the radio, I mean, Phil was uh, Genesis, 
specifically was on the radio all the time as a kid and not just Genesis. I mean, there were a lot of great music in the '80s. That was, I mean, there was there were hits. And for a band, I remember specifically that first foray into discussing my love of the band with an, a, another friend who was a huge Rush fan. So whenever Josh brings that up, I'm always like, "Oh, mm-hmm. I get it. You're the Rush kid I knew back in the mm-hmm. day." Um, Every Rush kid is the same. Sorry. Oops. I'm not, look. Um, I'm a bit more t- t- technical. Actually, the job, you know, I get it. He, okay. The, look, the whole prog rock thing, I right. do not like prog rock. I get that. Okay. Like, you can play medieval scales very fast. Good for you. Like, okay. Okay, keyboard soloist. <laughs> it's been gone on 20 I minutes know. now. People's acid is wearing <laughs> off. Rick, knock it off. 24 seconds, most, tops. <laughs> Keyboard should nice only be flourish. yeah exactly. It's 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 like salt and pepper. Too much and it ruins the whole thing. Totally. But see, th- th- I don't know how where we're gonna go with this. But. Oh well, I, I no, I I I feel like it's important. It's the fiftieth episode. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I also want to give a shout out. Josh and I mentioned it, but I, since you're here, I can also mention it with mm-hmm. you. New remote locations is in the work. Yes, it is. It, it, we're it, super into excited. It. We're deep into yes. it. Yes. Like, blowing it up the mm-hmm. vulva deep. <laughs> That's going to be the album title. <laughs> and Josh will be like, why? Yeah, we'll be like... <laughs> we'll listen to episode 50 and you'll know why. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Phil Collins. No, Phil Collins. <laughs> <laughs> going to make me listen to this? <laughs> it would just be... I mean, he, I mean, you mentioned Phil Collins. He dry heaves. It's he crazy. does. I even when I told him after the episode we just did, I told him at the end. I'm like, by the way, episode fifty, Genesis. He was like, my like, Jesus, man, what did he do to you? <laughs> so there, this is it's like Van Halen. Yes, like, like the uh, intro clip was saying, stealing yeah. my thought that I was going to do the behind the music. Yeah. I was yep. going to do oh, the yeah. whole Van Halen comparison. Like I'm a day. Not that there's anything wrong with ha- the ha- Van Hagar. Oh yeah. But my preference is David Lee Roth. True here. Didn't. And I love Peter Gabriel. Solo. Yeah. Work. Don't care for the, the really prog rock early stuff. I get that. Yeah. And you know what? I will say this and I'm probably like, literally this is like the same thing as like, Democrat and Republican, like calling it out. It's like, you're going to lose 50% of your audience. I don't really care. I love Peter Gabriel's mm-hmm. solo work, not as much as I love Phil Collins in Genesis. It's it's strange. It is. And I think it's so it's, different. It's so different than Genesis, Peter Gabriel's stuff. It is. It's very good. And I love put Genesis really kind of turned into Phil Collins. Like, if I play, put Phil Collins and Phil Collins' Genesis on a playlist and told you to tell, you know, and you don't really know them, which is yeah. which, you wouldn't be able to tell the difference. You wouldn't. <laughs> and in fact, it's funny because there's different versions of songs that he did solo and different versions of Genesis songs that are same, but d- different. Mm-hmm. And, but you wouldn't know it unless you, like, really, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and it's funny because I'm always like, I love that song tonight, tonight, tonight. And then I'm like, yeah, it was on face value. No, it's not on his solo. It's on fucking uh, Invisible Touch. Oh yeah, okay. Is it the radio version or the long, like the, the <clears throat> 20 minute keyboard solo version? Whatever, it's fine. I love Tony Banks. 
I love I love Mike Rutherford. I love Phil Collins. I love Peter Gabriel. I love Steve Hackett. Mm-hmm. I'm looking like there's a camera. Yeah, like but Steve Hackett. I love you. I love I love all the early incarnations. John Mayhew, the first drummer. I like the albums. And this is as a huge diehard Genesis fan. I will say this. I love the early stuff just as well. But I can understand people who wouldn't. My thing with Genesis is that. And we'll, you know what? I'm going to start to get into the the history of the band a little right. bit from where they mm-hmm. started. Obviously, they're an English band. Mm-hmm. They they also had the same kind of thing with Van Halen, where the second portion of the career was actually longer than the first. You know, yeah, like with uh, like the Van Hagar lasted longer than the David Lee Roth. Right. It was just the flame burned so bright when it was Van Halen mm-hmm. with David Lee Roth. But I don't. I, but the it was kind of the opposite with. Genesis, they well, really hit the pop. They would. I mean, so if you look at it, because I'm, I'm, and I'll go through this. And so the first, the first re- album was from Genesis to Revelation that comes out in about sixty eight, sixty nine ish. They started in nineteen sixty seven. I read that on the toilet today. Then they, then they went to Trespass and they lose their drummer and then their guitar player mm-hmm. at the time, this really Anthony Phillips, mm-hmm. he was just like, I, uh, I get stage fright, man. Like, and it that was my, fr- you know what is crazy? I read that when I was in the Navy because I bought one of those Genesis archives, mm-hmm. which there's some great stuff on there. It's all on Spotify now. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember reading that, and that was my first inclination. Like, oh, those weird freakouts that I have in my head. There's somebody in Genesis who had that same thing, and like, he was only on the first two albums, but he was fundamentally like the band leader. Mm, so okay. when he left, they're like, well, what the fuck are we doing? Mm-hmm. And as as it goes, they were they basically they went to these charter schools where like they yeah, all they, they all were, knew everybody. Yeah, they were. Kind of rich kids, basically. Yes, I mean Peter Gabriel especially because they had when they lost their drummer after the that second album, <laughs> he bought one. <laughs> well, <laughs> Gabriel was like, it's funny because they were like he he seemed like such a nobody kid, mm-hmm. but the second somebody started tickling the old ivories, he was like, oh come on, yeah, sledgehammer. Wait, mm-hmm. what? You know, like, this guy's got soul in him. Yeah. You know, so there was, like, this impression that, like, he had this, like, knack for that. And essentially what happened is they were just like, this guy's got a really good voice. He is a drummer, though, and we need a drummer. And Peter Gabriel was like, oh, I'll sing, though. And then when they got to the second post second album they wanted to do these drummer tryouts they actually held it mm-hmm. at peter gabriel's like house slash his parents house or something like it was out in the country and so when they went out to go hang out there mm-hmm. it's interesting because in this time this is like early 70s phil collins was like a science teacher <laughs> He was he's bad ever since he's born. He's been a yep. science teacher, but no, it was this thing where like basically they would have they had this magazine called the Melody Maker, mm-hmm. and anytime anybody wanted to join a band, that was where you looked was in the back pages of this Melody Maker, and at the time they put in an ad like, hey, 
we're looking for a drummer, possibly a guitar player. And Phil was like kind of on the ends. Like he had his, he had a two person band. He started drumming. Actually, he's got his first drum set when he was five. Wow. Yeah. No shit. God. At the time he was what thir- kind of brave parents buy a five-year-old a drum set? Well, he was talking about that in an interview I listened to actually today. He was just like, yeah, like in my day, you got a toy and it was going to be like a soldier, uh, you know, a set to like maybe color on or whatever, mm-hmm. or a musical instrument. And he got drums somehow and it wasn't it wasn't like a full set you know it was like a, a, a tiny little thing for him to beat on mm-hmm. and uh initially by the time he gets to this audition he's been playing like constantly like trained and learned how to play and read music and when he was i think about 15 he had somebody train him so going from like five years of age to you know early 20s late teens yeah he's got 20 years and almost 15 20 years under his yeah, belt yeah like he's just he's got he's haggard yeah he's like i quit on his fourth pot of coffee <laughs> chain smoking cigarettes it's like an old construction worker but it but what was amazing is that he and i could take some notes from phil collins showed up 45 minutes early to tryouts <laughs> And the way it was happening was, it, like I said, it was on Gabriel's parents' property. Mm-hmm. They had a pool in the backyard, mm-hmm. and then there was like, kind of like a big tent out where they were having auditions. Mm-hmm. So he got there early enough to to notice how the music was going and be able to hear what they were listening mm-hmm. to and how the drummers were playing. And one of the things that mike rutherford and peter gabriel and tony banks did was they asked the drummer if they wanted to warm up and most of them are like hell yeah mm-hmm. and then you know they'd be like oh, okay cool and then they play a song yeah you can play medieval drums really fast <laughs> well my you know what my thought when you said pool i was like should record in that pool like a drain the pool and record in it yeah that's I've seen actually. I feel like I went to a show that's been done. A show once where they played in a in a like a drained out pool, and it was actually pretty sick. Mm. This, I mean, it's just bouncing off everything. It was literally sick. There was malaria. <laughs> Got in the, the play in the pool. <laughs> Shit! How do I have the clap? I haven't mm-hmm. fucked anything. Um, but no, it was it was obviously a good thing for him to show up early. One and two, when he went up there. There was that same moment where they asked him, do you want to warm up? And he was like, no, I'm good. Let's just play. Nice. They liked that. Yeah. So Shows a little humility. True. And they're in you. Uh, yet confidence. Yes. Yes. And that's something that I think that they were looking for. In fact, Gabriel being trained as a drummer, he liked the way that he was positioned, the way he held his sticks immediately. He's like... I'm down. This dude's cool. And like they called him like the next day. We're like, dude, you're in the band. He was like, cool. cool. I'm finally in a band. Okay. Uh, summer vacation start for teachers starts and. Well, it by that time they had they were done with school. They I meant his te- since he teaches. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't start in a, at least mm-hmm. another week mm-hmm. or so. I've got lessons I got planned. Teach, teacher parent conferences <laughs> or parent teacher. 
I guess you can go either way, right? I got to stick a mento in a two liter of pop and blow kids' minds. For some reason, I got these clackety teeth <laughs> with a wind up on it. Shows up with a paddle, a ball on a paddle. <laughs> a lot of apples. I can't get through all these apples, man. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, but basically, like I said, they're. they're they were off to the races once Phil joins the band. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot to say about that early period other than basically they all, some of them went to school. They went to a char- charter house school in God, Godalming, Surrey, and that's when they were when it was formed in 1967. The blo- the band's longest existing and most commercially successful lineup consisted of keyboardist Tony Banks, as I said, bassist, guitarist Mike Rutherford, which I always appreciated that. Like, I, it was my first band that I loved as a kid, and Mike was like a bass or guitar guy. Mm-hmm. Like, I always saw those roles pretty synonymously. Mm-hmm. Like, the first time I picked up a bass, I was like, oh... I get it now. Music makes sense. Mm-hmm. You gotta have bass to have guitar, and guitar to have bass. Um, but I mean, Tony Banks. I think, <laughs> and then Jack White showed up. <laughs> right, exactly. Then I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> how did he? How did he get that he doing? Pretty girl uh. to play drums. She's got, she's got the beat. I guess I don't know. Um, now, do you have like? Who are some of your favorite keyboard players? Because I'm gonna—I'll go on a limb and say I love Tony Banks a lot. Mm-hmm. But like as a keyboard, you do a little dabbling with keyboards and stuff like that. Do you have? Yeah, I got my first keyboard when I was nine. Damn, Phil Collins. <laughs> it was Philip Collins, <laughs> <laughs> Professor Philip Collins. <laughs> nice. I didn't know you got it so early. Yeah. Were you kind of off to the races, or you're just like, eh? yeah? I started really? like right, uh, uh, trying to write. Like, well, you start trying to mimic the stuff you hear, right? And then I started dabbling into songwriting when I was in my teens, like recording to tape, cassette tape. Yeah, I would take. Actually, what I would do is I would take like beats, record the beginning. Like you could find break beats like in the beginning of rock songs that are just drums, right? So I would take yeah. record that, stop the tape. Rewind the vinyl and do that over and over to create a beat. It was always off. But then I would play the beat on tape and then play my keyboard to that and try to write music to it. That's awesome. That's all I had. I was did. A piece, was a vinyl, was a record player and two cassette decks. Oh, wow. And a keyboard. You're like the original two turntables and a microphone. Yeah, except it was it, oh boy. except for it was one. It was not. I might even it. have one of those tapes somewhere. I don't know. Oh, I doubt it. Let me let me just make the obligatory check out Big Old Bridges mm-hmm. on Spotify, Apple Music, all the streaming stuff. Please, it's so good. I still blare Sweet Summer Sky. So then I stopped playing. Key- We're going to turn this all about me, aren't we? <laughs> I am. No, I stopped playing keyboards after high school, and then when I was like twenty three or twenty four, I picked up. It's a, almost a Mac laptop with logic and then just started really diving into well like, actually I got a groove box before that. What was it what's a groove box? Like uh they're um they're all in one they there's the synths, drums and they just it's MIDI and it loops automatically. So you're just basically making loops and then you mute different loops. Oh wow. Yeah. And then you can chain loops together to create songs. 
And that's how I originally learned how to. Because I used a program actually during a lot of that same time in my life called Acid. Yeah. Yep. And initially I had. Was that Cakewalk Acid? Something like that. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. And I remember distinctly being able to take like different loops and Mm -hmm. loop them and like thinking I was like Mm -hmm. Paul Oakenfold for half a day and then being like, oh shit. This isn't. This yeah, is, this what the Groovebox does that, but you can write, the, but you write the loops yourself. That's awesome. With a synth, so that was See, like, that's, oh, that's like playing a keyboard. I can do that. Totally, totally. Um, wow. The more you learn about your friends, ask your friends what they are up to. So always check up on your friends. Indeed. So the group were formed by five Charterhouse pupils, including Banks, Rutherford, Gabriel, and guitarist Anthony Phillips, who I mentioned had the panic attack. And he's like, Splitsville. I would, uh, yeah. I only play in live either. I get that. I don't. It's not because I get nervous or anything. It's just, to me, it's like packing up all this gear, dragging it to it, setting it up, plus sound checking, and then at the end of the day, you get like 50 bucks. And I'm like, yeah. Plus, then you have that anxiety of, is anybody going to show up? Yes. And if they do... Are they going to like we, it? Are they even going to like... Yeah. Is... Are we going to, you know... Are they going to be drunk? Yeah. And that's a problem. That is. Cause I didn't c- think about it as a problem then, because I was drinking. So... <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you get some Yahoo wants to go up and you know, play, start playing your keyboards, and you're like, dude, I will punch you in the nose. Yeah. Please back away slowly. Yeah. Yeah, there's always. Th- I've and seen you don't know every- who the sound guy is gonna be if he's even competent. It's probably right. like the bar owner's deadbeat son. <laughs> His seven foot five, deaf. <laughs> he's deaf. Yeah, <laughs> the sound guy's deaf. <laughs> he's just related to the bartender's. <laughs> girlfriend or something yeah exactly he's trying to bang her so. just just rubbing his like what's the name of the the guy the the big ogre guy from <laughs> you're like up, the up and he's like nee! yeah the goonies guy <laughs> just i did a, yeah i was giving the thumbs up like then the, he just gives you two thumbs up back because he's was, just rubbing the speaker mm-hmm. it. <laughs> holds it up to a pregnant lady's belly <laughs> Oh, God. It gets the juices going. Uh, we don't have any monitors here. You're like, fuck. Fuck. Yeah. So, Nursery Crime was really the first album. Great title, film. by the way. Yeah, I do. I, hey, you it's know what? great. <laughs> Every time I, I I do a podcast with Michael, he remarks on how awesome the title Conspiracy Therapy was for a podcast. I don't even remember how that came about. We were just I feel like it was at my back you porch. Yeah, it was. It was you and like. It was you and me, and we were just spitballing. And yeah, I don't know. but it, like immediately it was like, ding, that's it. We're done. Which was so fucking nice. Weird. Yeah. It's it, amazing how hard it is to come up with a name half the time. Well, we I think we had come up with a good one, and then like someone else already had it. That's, yeah. That probably happened like six times. Yeah, you're like, yeah, it's a great name. Then you go on uh, uh, Apple iTunes or whatever. Uh, yeah. yeah, Spotify. Or you whatever. look up and you're like, good lord, already got that one. Yeah, somebody's got like a web, like a literally. It's got two episodes and then they quit. It's like <laughs> you could just steal it, I guess. Yeah, but, totally. There's a well, lot that happened of with the Ephus. Really, some other uh, pod history podcast, baseball podcast came out, started calling themselves the Ephus, and I reached out to them. I said, you know, we already exist, and they're like, fuck off. 
And I was like, okay. Interesting. We're going to keep it anyways. I was like, all right. Just letting you know we already out here. Yeah. I mean, it's like you could, oh, whatever. Yeah. What's done is done. So their live shows began to feature Gabriel's theatrical costumes, which they alluded mm-hmm. to in the opening clip. That was a, it, that's a big 70s thing. It, it was like we we talked oh, about it. We did a black metal episode, and we talked specifically about like yeah, that too. How yeah, those it really did it like sixties, seventies. It just sped up, yeah. And but into like Bowie, guar and shit guar, that just goes off the charts with that stuff, which I love. Mm-hmm. Did you see them do that tiny desk? <laughs> no. They did tiny desk, yeah, in their costumes. It's fucking crazy. <laughs> they don't even have to do anything. Looks like the lobby of a. Diablo Four lobby, <laughs> so we jammed into the the um, blacksmith's room. Stand just, just, just giant barbarians. Just, all says, stared. just says pumpkin spice magma above yeah. his head. Yeah, like, oh, I know cool. that guy. I know. <laughs> That's so good. Um, tell you what, it's not pumpkin spice. I'll tell you that. No, much. no. <laughs> oh God. So they had their first hit in the UK uh, with Foxtrot. But Gabriel would do these things. He wore like a red dress and had a fox head on. Or he would dress up like there was a song called The Music Box where he, musical box, where he would go through these different changes and often like end the song with like an old man mask on. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the YouTube comments under the video was like, he should do this song again live, but then put on like a young mask at the end. He's so old. Oh my god! <laughs> so disrespectful, <laughs> but funny. But, but funny. Uh, selling England by the pound reached number three there, featuring the first UK hit "I Know What I Like" in your wardrobe. What I really like about this era too, with Phil, and I think you can appreciate this specifically, mm-hmm. is they would have this show banter because you're talking about like all like tuning instruments everything like mm. we don't have they didn't have like the digital well, I got to tune the medieval fourth <laughs> what? tuning that's great tony uh, i'm going drop z <laughs> for zebula fuck a z on this thing <laughs> Um, but no, it, it, they would have these intermissions, basically. So mm-hmm. Phil and Peter would do some kind of... Cause two Phil, big personalities. Yeah, two very big, silly, frontman-type mm-hmm. personalities. And they would do little skits, or he would Gabriel would read a story, and Phil would do the sound effects on the mm-hmm. drum kit. Stuff like that. Like, you could really... You could still enjoy, even while they're nerds are tuning. <laughs> so, they're nerds. <laughs> nerds? Nerds. Tune! That's right. <laughs> Legends, but also nerds. Um, so they continued on into their concept album, The Land Li- Lamb Lies Down on Broadway, and this would end up being Peter Gabriel's last. I do love that, that piano opening to that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's so good. <laughs> I said that like, sound like eating like a nice piece of grilled lamb. Oh, yeah, this is good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's funny. I was... I... I was just playing. I've been playing Baldur's Gate three and the Baldur's other. Baldur's Gate. <laughs> yeah, I oh, want to yeah. play. I can't wait till that comes out on the console. It's I, coming to because I, I did the whole. Can it play on my computer? My computer laughed at me. <laughs> wait, wait, well, wait. Guess, guess error. Guess we can't play on this. <laughs> I just laughed. It's what, it laughed like an old, a sixty-eight-year-old chronic smoking lady. <laughs> Is that like, my aunt Cindy? 
was like, I guess that's a no. I love it. Um, Pack of Newport, Newports <laughs> popped out of the CD-ROM. Aunt Cindy, have you been ashing in there again? Mm-hmm. Looks like a USB port was the old cigarette lighter from the cars. I'm sorry about your R2-D2 <laughs> Acer computer. I used it. <laughs> My computer asked for a Lipitor. <laughs> Shit. Oh, God. So, no, I can't wait till it comes out of the console. <laughs> That's the only way I'm going to play. Well, I had this funny interaction. I heard the same noise like that I did. And it ended up being two ogres fucking in a gigantic, giant ogre, o- ogres. I think mm-hmm. it ended up being that it was a guy with a girl. But at mm-hmm. first, I was like, two big ogres fucking? Mm-hmm. This game just went 10, to t- 10 out of 10. Anymore, and it's an, <laughs> anymore and it's an ogre G. It's like, I just... I, wa- I, I saw somebody kick a squirrel. I was like, yep, I got to get this game. Yeah, it's... <laughs> I hate squirrels. I When I'm laying ne- in bed next mm-hmm. to Casey, literally the most beautiful woman I've ever met in my entire life, and I can't stop playing it, mm-hmm. you know something's good. It's a good game, yeah. <laughs> and she's just like, going to sleep, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, God damn it. I can't figure out if this is my friend or not. And then mm-hmm. it's like, oh... Did I just see, like, a vampire over there? Is that a werewolf? Well, getting fucked by an ogre. <laughs> it, it's it's a lot of fun. I'm just that a was, flashlight to an ogre now. That That's my shameless plug to j- join our Discord, because I would love to play with anybody who likes... It is coming to PS5 September 6th, by Yeah, the way. then next year on Xbox. Yeah. By then, everybody will have played it. Well... I'll play it again. I don't care. I'll play it anyways. (laughs) There you go. But the good news is, is like, usually when it takes that long, they work out a lot of the kinks. Mm -hmm. True. Because there's, like, like when those Bethesda games come out, it's immediately, (laughs) like, your your Xbox just goes, I don't even have a red ring of death, and I'm about to flash that for you. Why is my left arm going up into the sky without me? That's weird. (laughs) Bethesda. It's so true. All right, sorry. This episode's about Genesis, but we can celebrate. It's episode 50. So, Lamb Lies Down on Broadway is this insane double L, like double LP concept album. It's huge. It's they put on a huge show. At the end of the show, they have like a double of Peter Gabriel up on stage and it flashes so you don't know if it's him or if it's, you know, what's going on. It's Peter's Gabriel. <laughs> yeah. It's well, like Gallagher too. Speaking Gabriel of, too. Speaking of Peter's, mm-hmm. the double album actually is about a, a guy who has to cut off his own dick to save his brother, I think. I don't know. This is one of those weird 70s acid trip albums, but mm-hmm. it's always listed in like top 20 prog rock <laughs> Dude, what if we write an album? That dude cutting his dick off. Ah! Don't delay, Doc the Dick. That's what he says in one of the songs. But it's like it's it it has amazing songs like it and probably and this is an early plug for this. I have my best of YouTube clip. Follow us our best of YouTube clip. Best of Genesis youtube playlist on our youtube channel please like and subscribe um but one of my all-time favorite rock songs of all time back in new york city is off this album so of course i loved it but this also was marking the end of peter gabriel and genesis Mm -hmm. mostly because when his wife had his daughter there was some real serious death concerns happening like life emergency like 
during the pregnancy. Yes. Oh, really? Wow. So, and unfortunately, the band at the time was like, "We're buying, mate," and he was like, "Uh, uh," and they didn't want to hear it. No, they're like, "Dude, we got albums." Oh, to that's write. that's I. <laughs> Selfish, I guess. I think so. I think so. I think in hindsight it is. I know Phil Collins, and unfortunately he didn't know until later what it was about. Flash. <laughs> um, but <laughs> there were, and and this is something I want to paint right now because I think a lot of guys mention this and they tend to f- fall on the Josh side where they're like, "Fuck Phil Collins, we love." Peter Gabriel, mm-hmm. Peter Gabriel's era of Genesis was the best era and all the albums. You got to remember, the band really started because of Peter and Tony Banks and Michael Rutherford. And the you can talk about how close Phil and Peter are now, given the life right, stories, but, they... but Tony Banks and Peter Gabriel were like best, best friends. You know, they started the project together. And the heat that happened in the band rooms really came between those two's friction. Mm -hmm. And what was nice was that Phil was always a silly bitch. Mm -hmm. So he'd be sitting back on his drum throne, like twirling his sticks, going, hello, doing like Monty Python (laughs) impressions and shit. And they would start laughing. And a lot of times when the heat was all the way up to 99, it would bring it right back down in the middle and cool things off. So that okay. was Phil's role. He could sense something was in the air that night. Yeah. <laughs> well played. <laughs> but um, but but there was a there is this constant thread I've heard about like oh Phil wanted to take over and there were songs where Phil would sing. Mm-hmm. There's some early versions of those, but you have to also consider the fact that most bands, almost all of the guys sang. In this band particularly, it was only Peter Gabriel and Phil Collins. The other guys didn't sing backup or didn't want to. And so when you have to fill an LP and you you have these three massive songs, I mean, Mm -hmm. they have one of the longest songs ever. It's called Supper's Ready. It's like 20... It's called Skip. (laughs) It's it's like 20... That's a fucking commitment. It's like 20 (laughs) plus... Almost thirty minutes, it, and it's like acts. And, and I'm and I grew up listening to the early '90s electronica, where like, yeah, thirteen minutes was a short fucking song. Oh my god, that sucked. It, it's it, like I get it. It's it's shorten it down though. It's an interesting, epic, amazing song, mm-hmm. and I look at it as these guys were how young when they wrote this. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I take it that way because of the instrumentation, and they are incredible musicians. But I guess what I'm saying is, to me, it makes so much sense that Phil Collins would become the singer. Mm-hmm. I don't think hindsight at the time, I mean, he loved to be the drummer and he didn't want to give the stool up. And at one point, <laughs> I, it's okay. I didn't say anything. <laughs> I know. At one point, they almost had uh, Bill Bruford from Yes. The band, no. uh, yes, play drums for them. They they did for a, for a tour. Oh wow! But then when they came around to finalizing, doing the uh, the next series of albums, they were like, he was like, well, I want to write, and Phil's like, I'm not giving up the drums, and rightfully so. The guy's Dude, amazing, he's an amazing drummer. drummer. Yeah. 
So, anyway, after Gabriel left, they played their final shows, and they really tried to keep secret that Gabriel was leaving, and they auditioned a bunch of singers, and Phil was just, like, literally had whittled, widowed, whittled, there we go, Mm -hmm. he had whittled it down, finally. That's it, it widowed down, that's, (laughs) just started killing people's wives. Hello, you'll be a drummer, or a singer, whatever, somebody's leaving to this, this period. Um, so Collins took over as lead singer. Makes sense. He knew the songs too, right? The because old, cause he could sing those. It was basically on the song "Squonk" off of "Trick of the Tail." Great my, song. My fa- also my favorite album of theirs, "Trick of the Tail," because I honestly, it's weird. I think because there was less emphasis on them to make the greatest album, and they were just focused on finding a singer. They were just like, "This sounds really good." Yeah. Well, we'll think about it more later. They just kept making stuff good and what felt right, and it ends up being like literally simple too. Yeah, like we're not gonna, we don't have to play medieval right solos. Right, we, we all we have to straight do straight up rock out. Let's just rock out. Write a good song. <laughs> mm-hmm. write it, like doesn't have to be eighteen minutes. Can be. Oh, maybe we could do four minutes. Mm-hmm. Maybe we could even. Three which and a half. which which is where like checking your ego too, like. It is. Yes, we can write twenty minute masters, but we don't need to. Yeah, well, and then a lot of it is like, have you ever? In this, this is. I'm just saying your song shouldn't last longer than a shit. <laughs> and if you're, if you're, if your shit lasts longer than, than a song, supper's ready. The yeah, song by well, Genesis. Well, you get too much supper. <laughs> There's some old Genesis fan listening to this guffawing, hitting his knee to that. <laughs> Um, but true, it, it's you. You. The thing about it is, and what I was gonna say is, you, if you've ever listened to a song and been like, "I love this part," and then the rest of it, you're kind of like, mm-hmm. eh, "I could do without." Yeah, TikTok has taught me that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I'll hear a song at TikTok, like, that's awesome. Then I get the song, I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> yeah." Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Um. So anyway, he takes over singing. They have a trick of the tail, wind and weathering, both in. 1976. He was really nervous to sing. My actually, interesting. Uh, yeah, they. He was. He was super nervous. I mean, obviously, their melody maker had pictures of Gabriel in his outfit. He had this like I'm the next David Bowie kind of vibe going mm-hmm. for him. And Phil like, Collins looks like a science teacher. And all their music at, up until this point was very. Like, it was the art rock crew. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, they're like... Like, even John Lennon at one point had said he was a huge fan of Genesis. And... You know what they did to him? <laughs> Jeez. Uh, one could speculate. But, no, it's it's true. They He he went and basically he, he took the time and said, I know what I'm good at. I'll talk to the audience, maybe read some things in between songs, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to dress up. That's not my style. Good. And he, I think it it feels better. And also the audiences loved it mm-hmm. because instead of replacing him and having to reintroduce themselves to somebody new, it was inside the band they already loved mm-hmm. and they'd already heard his voice because he sang backup on all the albums going back to the beginning. And you don't have someone trying to be... Peter Gabriel. Peter Gabriel. Which also would... It's basically impossible. Ever since I've been playing in bands, all I've heard is... P, every now and then I hear somebody say, yeah, he's a bit of a Peter Gabriel type. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I get it. I get it. 
a guy has a very unique voice mm-hmm. that I would instantly be like, yeah, he sings kind of like you know Peter Gabriel. So, continuing on, they they finished a trick of the tail in Wind and Weathering, and like I said, they had to replace their drummer, but they also had to at one point introduce themselves to Steve Hackett, who did a lot of what I like about Steve Hackett, and I. I I ended up buying a few of his solo outings too. Mm. And I support all these guys. Like Mike and the Mechanics is mm. Mike Rutherford's band. It's a great band. And Tony Banks has his solo stuff. And some of the songs in Genesis, like you you can't not have Tony Banks. He's fundamentally kind of the part of the band in some ways. Um but what I loved about Steve Hackett specifically was you got to remember too because late 60s early 70s you got bands like Led Zeppelin Pink Floyd Mm. um, all these huge bands and Genesis is on the rise a lot of the guitar players at the time or the Rolling Stones per se were playing like a very kind of blues style you you mean they ripped off ripping off african americans mm-hmm. yes yeah yes yeah. there was quite a bit of that mm-hmm. and what was nice was steve hackett was super into like the more modern stuff like with at the time like uh robert fripp from king crimson mm-hmm. and oh. um he had this guitar style that was wasn't all about just like showing off if you will. It was about the the entire performance. Mm. And so f- he has always been a huge influence on me, specifically the like I said the Trick of the Tail album. And all the all the albums have huge influence on me. Don't get me wrong. I'm a massive fan. I saw these guys in 2007. They were awesome. Um that was their reuniting, right? That was like their first big one. Yeah. I went with my dad and it was like very surreal cuz obviously I too can read Wikipedia. <laughs> Hey, I've been doing good on this. <laughs> no, no, one. I meant like that's how I know. Like yeah. you pulled that out. You knew you knew that. I read that an hour before we went on air. <laughs> it's totally fine. But no, they they have this period really um, where after Gabriel left, I think Steve Hackett was kind of in limbo mm-hmm. as to whether he was going to stay or not. Because I don't think. Even though Steve and Phil, there was a bit of a kinship when mm-hmm. they started, because he actually, Hackett, came in a little bit after Phil, because they were having trouble figuring out who they really gelled with. And what was interesting, and this is interesting because I think people in life need to think this way more, initially they put the ad in Melody Maker that drew Phil in, and Phil joined. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> one day... They were looking through Melody Maker again, and they saw an ad for a guitarist who wanted to join a band. And they read it, and it was basically like, I'm looking to join a band that isn't just part of the norm. And they're like, shit. Where I would Maybe have been we like, want to join the guitar. I would have rolled my eyes and kept flipping. <laughs> so I have never found a good guitar. Hey, do they have any of those sex pillow ads in yeah. the back here? Can you, imagine, can you imagine you're going through Melody Maker? That's a Genesis looking for guitar. Like, the Genesis? I'm more of a Mark Paul fan. Uh, <laughs> Revelations. Mean, like, okay, maybe a band you've never heard of, but Genesis is advertising here. <laughs> right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but it but it was one Led of those Zeppelins in there. <laughs> <laughs> Looking for a new drummer. Oh my god. That would be ins- that would be uh, I think that, yeah world turns inside out future Led Zeppelin episode um, but interesting kids 
Yeah, man. The older we get, yeah. the more we find out. The uh, like every every yeah. Do not meet your like. Don't read about your heroes. No, don't. Don't have heroes. That's the point. <laughs> you know what? Hopefully, you got a good set of friends mm-hmm. and just slap them on the hands if they do something bad. Just no. I use a rolled up newspaper. <laughs> I know you. And do. a water bottle. It works. It does. Every time. Uh, you stopped eating your own poo. <laughs> that's true. Uh, so basically, at this point, he was like, I'm out. And they followed up when he when Steve Hackett exited with, and then there were three. Which to me, again, my love of this band mm-hmm. might tie to my friendship with you in some ways. Because it sounds like something you would be like, and then there were three. Mm-hmm. Let's just be and by the way. That's when their to best, me. That's when their best stuff started happening. Exactly, exactly. And then there were three. Also gives them their first major hit with "Follow You, Follow Me." Mm-hmm. Oh, so good. Which was the song that my parents, my my biological mother and father danced to on okay. their wedding night. <laughs> they could have gone a different one. Like, I was. That's ins- how my brother was conceived. <laughs> oh, shout out, brother bear. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no. Uh, and then there were three contained the band's first major hit, Follow You, Follow Me, which was a huge, big, 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 big deal. Uh, their next five studio albums were Duke, Abacab, Abacab so Genesis. Good. I know. I, actually, I love them all. Invisible Touch oh, that's and so good too. We Can't Dance. Invisible Man, so Touch good. is like a perfect... 80s album. It's like snugly right in the middle of the 80s. Played the shit out of that tape. Oh, yeah? See, I don't... Like, there's not much else I can say about this. I think I I can read the details on it, but I think, realistically, you have a lot of different things happening here. Specifically, we're going into a punk era, and Phil Collins was a huge fan of music. Always has been. And... He loved blues. He loved jazz. He played in a band called Brand X with some other musicians and did like. Oh my god, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Holy shit. So like he had that going, and sometimes it didn't fill the void. So he would have like extra songs that he would write. And specifically, he when you listen to him in interviews, he talks about the '80s like it was his low point, even though it like shot him to superstardom. <laughs> it did. He was on Miami Vice for Christ's sake. I know, but like. His, his like horrible, and again, this isn't a tabloid show, but he went through horrible relationship woes. And when he gets his heart smashed to smithereens, sometimes that's when you write the best music on the planet. And a lot of Taylor people, Taylor Swift, <laughs> exactly. Anyway, there's. <laughs> There's the look you get. It's fine. I, you know what, you Swifties out there, I love you, Josh, and all the people that enjoy her. I, you know what, I. There are some great Taylor Swift songs. I just sometimes it's hard because I'm I, every day I get closer and closer to old man yelling at cloud. I'm or, trying so hard to hang on. I know. I really am. Yeah. I don't want to be the guy. Go hip hop was best with my time. Like it. it I thought I saw a tweet by Chuck D. And he basically said, "Music is for the current generation." So you know, it's yeah. not good or bad. It's this generation's music, right? This is the stuff they're going to think is great, 
Which is totally you fine. Know, to, you know, 30 years from now, they're going to be the ones saying, this, this new music sucks. Right. Well, and that, I think one of the big things that I watched really unfold in, in my generation and yours was with Star Wars. Because I remember right when I hit... That's crazy, because that came out maybe a year after I was born? Yeah, 77. I mean, that's <laughs> that's old. <laughs> It'd be, it's been around, but like when the prequels came out and the special editions came out, that was like an event. And yeah. The special oh my God, get the DVDs and everything? Yeah. And so when those happened, it was such a crazy, awesome experience. But then seeing uh, the prequels, it was like, I remember the trailer to The Phantom Menace and being like almost in tears. I was so excited. And then I went and saw it, and like everybody I knew was either fit was so 50 50. Like, there were some friends who were like film already film nerds, and they're just like, it sucked. I was like, it's good. Yeah, it's a movie. It was, it was fun. Like, like, it's it's fucking laser sword fights in space. Like, what are you expecting? Exactly. Citizen Kane. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, it's if it's fun, like, it's, it's an escape for two hours. For two hours of your life, you don't have to think about. Insert my problems here. Exactly. Well, that's the joy of 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 music and cinema for for everyone. You know, uh, my thing is, I rather than focus on the now, I have been so intrigued by the past mm-hmm. and possibilities of the future. And I think with movies, they can be also similar to music, be a time capsule to a time, but also. You know, like you said, they they can be very. Um, there's they're a fun escape. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You can look at Natalie Portman and go, yeah, she's single now. Or you can look at Hugh Jackman and go, yeah. I don't know if he's single now. Well, I've always heard he was gay. Really? According to Blind Items, but it could be that. I don't know anything, and Hugh Jackman's a happily married man who just likes to be in musicals all the time. Oh, that always happens when someone sings. <laughs> That's true. That'd be like me being like, yeah, and, and Bing Crosby like Who's, to suck him real good. Yeah, like who is the... Uh, he did the karaoke in the car thingy. Oh, uh, the James Corden? Yeah. yeah. He's into musicals. He's like... Well, it's not necessarily that he's in musicals all the time. It It's just according to the blind items. It has nothing Stupid. to do necessarily. Yeah. Show it, yourself, blind item. <laughs> I'm on page seven. <laughs> they say the same thing about Tom Cruise. Yeah, and that doesn't seem right at all. I think a lot of well, so anyway, <laughs> it, it it's it it's all silly, and at the end of the day, what does it matter anyways? It, it, I guess it would would it make gay people happy to know there were more? F- we know Liberace was banging chicks left and right. <laughs> the guy was poon hound. Mm-hmm. Freddie Mercury he had oh. to beat him off. Literally beat him off. Mm-hmm. Anyways, Genesis. <laughs> yeah. The Genesis. I am like a car coming through a four-way intersection, not stopping. I'm just sideswiping you left and right. I love it. I missed you. I, the listeners miss you. You're the. I'm pent up. You're I one of. The, I don't podcast a lot anymore. So you're one save of the, it all up. You're one of the top requested, if not number one requested, to be on this show. For sure. On the request line. That's right. Um, but Genesis really shot to superstardom. They played at Wimbledon. They played, like, sold out 100,000 people, crowds. <sighs> that is insane. I mean, Phil flew from 
for Live Aid played literally in Philadelphia and America, or yeah, or England, mm-hmm. like literally in the same day, flew just nonstop. Oh, what a nightmare! <laughs> it was insane. It's hard to get me to do one show. <laughs> Fucking two shows on the same day at two different continents. Continents, fuck I know. that. <laughs> well, not only that, but like he didn't also- Def Leppard do something where they played every continent in like a week or something, like, or like in a day or something. It was weird. That they is like- definitely something to cover was and that, talk yeah, about. Was in the it future. Def- was that Def Leppard or was it Metallica? No, I think it was Def Leppard. It might, or actually, it might be Metallica. Now that you, say I know Metallica. they've played on every continent, but like Def You're Leppard right. did something where they played in like so many. I can't remember. That's interesting. It was on the latest 80s show that I was on, and I still don't remember it. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> you can Google it, folks. But regardless, Genesis grew to such an incre- incredible, huge stardom. And at the time, you know, they're getting up there. They're having kids. Phil leaves the band or decides to leave the band mostly because he had moved to Switzerland at the time. And it just became kind of... Yeah, why work? Well... I mean, freaking... They made a ton of money... They made you're in Switzerland. Like that sounds aw- I've never been. I All couldn't point it out on a map, but I'm per- like they have the yeah, they have the holy cheese and the great chocolate. And the incredible blonde women mm-hmm. with big boobies. The, yes, the girls ski team. <laughs> Indeed. There needs to be a, an eighties bo- boob comedy boob? ski boob comedy revival and yeah, there's no star more comedies anymore. Just two crusty old uncles hanging out in Switzerland. Yeah. We're like just, a, like what was that one the uh, strange brew? Yes, but in Switzerland. Yes, let's do it. Fuck, I haven't watched Strange Brew in forever. Oh man, I need to watch something. That's hilarious. That sounds like a good. You should idea. watch it. Yeah, um, should we watch that for sure? Totally, highly recommend Strange Brew. Mm-hmm. One of our favorite Canadian imports with SCTV as well mm-hmm. alumni. Um, so. Back onto the th- point you've been trying to make for the last twenty minutes. <laughs> so no, it's fine. <laughs> Genesis at this point had really conquered the world. They, I think this is the era that would have probably impacted Josh. Though we can't dance tour mm-hmm. specifically with I can't dance mm-hmm. and the incredible amount of airplay that it got on VH1. Yeah. I remember one day seeing the music video for No Son of Mine. Oh, that like, song is so good. Like nine or ten times. Because yeah. they were just like, yeah, this is dark and good. And I was just like, man, they are really playing this a lot. Yeah, it, yeah and, to the point where like, I don't like this. It was, this is no song of mine. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't a huge fan of We Can't Dance, but I appreciate I, the album yeah. overall. The only thing I will Land say... Of, Land of Confusion? No, that that's not? Invisible Touch. Oh, Invisible Touch. Okay, that it, video was, freaked me out when I was a kid. This one had Jesus He Knows Me on it, That's though. That's a banger. It's a, it's a banger. Yeah. I listened to it on the way here. That's a great song, and I love that album. Part of the problem, though, is that really going into the 90s, they started having the digital CD, which was I think a benefit because it could be longer than, mm-hmm. say, your standard LP. For sure, or tape. But they ended up having an album that was like almost 60 plus minutes and it's like dude you're pressing it cut shave a little time and the older i get the less i want to hear let alone movies every movie i've watched recently has been like three every movie hours could be 40 minutes i swear to god I, I do too and then i would watch them finally i'm just like i will go to watch a movie someone recommends and then i look in the corner i'm like nope 
No, exactly. Hour 48 minutes. What are you talking about? I was <laughs> I, I was about to recommend a movie the other day and I was like as soon as I heard myself go, "Oh, I had to watch that in like four chunks." Yeah. Yeah. Oppenheimer? Nopenheimer. <laughs> Barbie? Maybe. Yeah. Looks my aunt said that's really good. I might I, go see that. I've heard good things. My yeah, teenagers super went, fun. Teenagers in my life went and saw it and were like it was really funny. That's all I'm looking for. Exactly. A little bit of popcorn fun for... There's no more comedies anymore. They just jam comedy into some MCU movie, and you're like, that's a comedy. I'm like, no, it's not. It's interesting because part of the research I've been doing on old Hollywood, too, for the show, I was reading a little bit about John Wayne. And before Star Wars, really, the big Marvel movies were the Westerns. Yes. Because it would pack the... They, you mm-hmm. know, throw in a little romance. You get the you get the old you know, mist to come yeah. along, and essentially, it's part of the differences between the two sides of Genesis. You get your art house era to your commercial pop accessible mm-hmm. because now, after Follow You, Follow Me, they started having women show up to the shows. To me, it makes sense, and it's fine to like both, ladies and gentlemen. The older I get, the the more I th- I always th- you know. When you're younger, you're like, I'm above pop. I'm above that fray. Pop is for the simpletons. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's, it's for me. It really is. I'm not. I'm nothing special. Come on. It's just like a good hook. It's popular for a reason. Exactly. <laughs> Look at the genesis of the term. And you can, I'm anti-popular. Well, come on, man. I see you tapping your, show, your toes under mm-hmm. the desk to that new BTS song. Mm-hmm. I don't like Koreans. Oh, wait. I kind of love Koreans because I fucking got yeah. posters of all these. You know, it's like don't don't ever start a sentence with I don't, I don't like, like Koreans. <laughs> I know, don't take that. <laughs> oh boy, unless you had the word North, yeah, and then put I'm leader sorry. at the end of it. You, what you didn't? Hear you can was, say I don't like the North Korean leader. There was a silent North in there when yes. I said Koreans. That's true. It is pronounced in Midwest dialects. <laughs> silent. The North leader is silent. Thanks for covering my ass. This is a good episode regardless because Larry shaved me. Uh, I did not shave. <laughs> that would be a hell of an episode 50. Larry, it's time we're to saving, shave. We're saving that for episode 100. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, but anyway, so the, it, the band basically calls it a day in 91, 92. He heads up to the Switzerland... And uh, he, his son actually plays drums, Nick, and played live for Genesis and his solo albums. Really? For a time, yeah. Actually, huh. I saw a Drumeo on uh, YouTube, which I can link in the description mm-hmm. of this video, that'll show you his playstyle, And he is just like his dad. Same kind of mimic mimic style, but also his all his own. And it's it's great as a fan of the band to see that is kind of heartwarming, mm-hmm. you know. And his daughter is an actress. One of his daughters is an actress, and actually, she was in the show The Nick. She played one of the nurses on okay. that show. She was phenomenal. Um, yeah, I, you know, obviously Peter Gabriel went on. Phil went on to do the Tarzan mm-hmm. soundtrack. Won an Oscar. There. There's been a lot of... Don't sleep on Mike and the Mechanics. Yeah, don't sleep on them either. In fact, maybe I'll end the episode with a song from them. Um, there's there's a lot to be said about this band for me specifically, I guess, to kind of start to round it out. Mm-hmm. There's... I love 
all of their music a lot. I love, in retrospect, as I get older, I love going back and re-listening to albums because their catalog is so dense. You know, a band that we both love is Underworld. Mm -hmm. And I was just the other day, I was listening to Boku Fish. Okay, yeah. I hope I'm saying that right. Boku. Boku. Like Boku Bucks. I always thought it was Boku, too, and then I was like... So here's somebody it's else. Say, yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah, Buku Bucks. Yeah, okay. I get it. But I was listening to it the other day, and I remember I was having this thought, like, I kind of love that I hear the rawness and the earlier stuff mm-hmm. as compared to the more po- some some of the more polishy stuff later. If you want to really hear some stuff, go back to Underneath the Radar when they tried to be an 80s pop band. Ooh. I it's should, interesting. I, yeah, I think and if I, you really want to go go back to uh, Fruer, which was uh, the uh, singer's first album. Interesting. His first try into '80s pop as well. It's interesting. Interesting. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so there's 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 a lot of of really amazing songs by the band. Uh, like I said, there's a playlist that I'll have linked. Yeah, in you really kind of hit sixty seven seventy seven. You're talking 20 years they evolved. Yeah. Over 20 years. Pro, I mean, they basically had, they have their prog rock elements. They added horns mm-hmm. specifically in the 80s. Uh, Abacab was really a turning point. They even have a song that was punk rock influenced because actually Phil Collins really dug the Sex Pistols. He was like, these guys are really good. I get it. It's not necessarily, mm-hmm. even though to them, like big acts were kind of like lame. He ran into the lead singer, I guess, at some party, and they were, like, totally chummy, totally cool. He was like, you're great. I love your stuff. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And here's the Sex Pistols, like, the raw energy right. of youth at the time. Like, punk rock had fully exploded. But he could appreciate that. And, in fact, on the album, the self-titled Genesis album with Mama, and that's all on it, on the song Mama, there's a part where Phil does a... <laughs> Yeah, that was influenced by hip hop. Oh, okay. There was there was a there was a, ha- uh, a hip hop album playing at the time in the studio that he just latched onto, and he wanted to do like I can't remember the. It was like it was an MC had dropped an album at the time, and he he really liked huh. the, his wordplay. He added it into the album. That's there's interesting stories like that. Like um, Beastie Boys were a punk band. Yeah, and the and the in New York the club the clubs would play they'd have punk nights and hip-hop nights mm-hmm. and they always went to the clubs and then one night it was a hip-hop night and then they were like holy shit yeah let's like, do this yeah and completely it's one of those things where they like completely just glom onto that style i'm curious if we could do like you know there's like the six you know what six degrees of kevin bacon or whatever i wonder if we could do like this artist collaborated this see how far back we can take that well you it, not it, this episode. <laughs> no, 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 no. But I think that's that's worth doing on an episode specifically. One of the things I love about like the, the interesting little tidbits at Live Aid, Led Zeppelin actually reunited and had Phil Collins play drums for them. I was gonna earlier. I was gonna make a joke about Phil Collins playing drums for, but Zeppelin? I was like, that's so ridiculous. It's not gonna be funny. <laughs> but it, turns out. Turns it out, wouldn't have been funny, it, <laughs> but it wasn't that ridiculous. I heard it, and it sounds awesome, but 
the dudes in Led Zeppelin were like, he's dragon. He doesn't sound good. Or like, like there well, was, yeah, this- look who your drummer was. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Plus afterwards they were like, you know, probably too busy with like underage girls. <laughs> so anyway, but, but Genesis, I, I think has a very timeless quality because of its pop orientation in the latter half. Mm-hmm. I think it, it, they, to me, they're, they're like a perfect blend of a band where, Depending on the day, you have your sad songs, you have your very happy songs, you have your broken-hearted songs, and you're in love songs, and your everything songs. Find a band that hits pop music twenty years into their career, like it's me- like their last out. Al- what that last album was a smash. Oh, it was huge. Tw- like you're talking twenty years. Yeah, well, yeah. over twenty years, right? That was what ninety one. No, yeah, we're talking ninety one, but eighty five would have been. Yeah, 40 years in like two years, it'll be 40 years since Invisible Touch hit the market. Yeah, okay. Well, I just died inside. That's fucking fuck. <laughs> On a side note, I will mention <laughs> I God. one of my, I know, that one hurt. One of that, my, I take that personally. I'm sorry, dude. Holy crap. <laughs> On a side uh, note, I, I, I don't know their political affiliations and I don't care. I do know that there have been moments where they obviously like supported Live Aid and Phil mm-hmm. Collins had songs about like homelessness and like dealing with uh, estranged families and stuff like that. I don't understand the amount of hate the band gets or the criticism mm-hmm. that Phil gets. Again, I'll say it like, it felt like a win for the everyman. Mm-hmm. I know they might have been semi-rich kids in the UK, but it's not like they were in America where like they, you know, were part of the Rockefellers or some some weird tradition. Like they I feel a little bit more for the for the guys that like grew up, especially for a drummer who started playing at five mm-hmm. and like musicians who just really wanted to play and they play for their fans, you know, even up until their last reunion shows, they were still playing medallies of like old stuff. Cause I mean, if they played all those, we're going to add a 24 yeah. minute song. That'd be a long <laughs> concert, <laughs> but not That's only their opener. Yeah. Right. But they, they, interestingly enough, they, they would play, play sets where they would incorporate the old and the new, but also have like really cool flourishes that they added like, having two drummers on stage where Phil would play with Chester Thompson, their live drummer Mm -hmm. or, uh, and those were amazing. Like their drum offs. I highly recommend you listen to a live album. They're all, they're all awesome. Obviously seconds out is probably my favorite, but just throwing that out there. Also, I want you, you guys to subscribe to the YouTube channel because I will be ranking my top from worst to best Genesis albums as of whenever that's recorded, but hit the little bell button, hit the little bell, ding, 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 ding. But yeah, I don't know. I I could go in circles on this band, Mm -hmm. but I I love them. I always will. They're, they're probably my favorite band. If, if I, if I had to go off of most listened to band in my entire life, they're definitely that for me. Okay. So, Hey, that's Genesis. Long live Van Hagar. Yeah. Yeah, it's not that bad, guys. Calm down. Pop's all right. Uh, it's music. Tabo like, Wabo's like, fine. Like, don't get mad because someone likes something you don't. Like, I'm not going to rip somebody's boat shoes off because they listen to Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> hey, give those mm, back. Those were my shoes. <laughs> Nothing. This man stole my shoes. 
No, he's untying the sweater around my neck. Where did you put the pole moles? <laughs> Somebody push her off. Throw mama from the boat. <sighs> anyway, do you have anything you want to plug, man? It's been a minute since you've been on. Oh, I uh, go. Oh, God, I don't even know. Let me. In the description for the episode, I'm going to link put, to this. Put that, put that DJ mix that my brothers and I just did in the description. I don't know what it is. Right? If you're a fan of... Potomatic Big Old Britches, I think. Yeah. Uh, I have I have it saved. I will put it the link in the description. Did a hip-hop d- mix for the 50th... Well, we, we're saying it's for the 50th anniversary of hip-hop. It just happened to be turned into a hip-hop mix. Which is fucking awesome. And... I love that you collaborated with both your brothers. Mm-hmm. We're going to do that monthly, so that's going to be a Fuck new yeah. thing. If you dig big old britches and you want to listen to him DJ, 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 DJ. with DJ Detroit of the latest 80s, then subscribe to that. Yeah, I will have the link. And my brother Bob. And his brother Bob. Well, you know what to do. Like five stars, shout outs coming soon. Mm. I always say that, but <laughs> I'm just going to say it again because it, it will happen. Uh, I also want to say... The longer you wait, the more they pile up. That's true. You're just going to have to do a shout-out episode. episode. Yeah. Yep. Just and take just, 20 minutes and just shout everybody out. Freestyle rap it. Mm-hmm. Uh, no. Ooh, I'll tune in. <laughs> tune in like it's a fucking radio, you <laughs> old man. I want to say this... Now do I tune into this podcast stuff? What channel is it on? I, I was talking about it with Larry. Season one will end at the end of November. So just so you know, the double episodes a week will end at the end of November. Then in December, we'll have a best of, and then some Beer City Media reruns in January, and then followed up with season two in February of next 2024. I also want to say, if you'd like to join the Discord, please join it. It's in the description. Instagram, Zanzizi Podcast. Also, send us episode suggestions suggestions at zanzizipodcast at gmail.com we'll add them to them we have our first slew of them so next week will be well you'll just have to tune on to find out so that's all hey don't be so angry i'm sorry doing two episodes a week makes you drive you nuts (laughs) (laughs) all right trust me at one point i was doing three a week that's true that when we were editing the Patreon and then Pat- oh I, I was talking potty slam, uh, conspiracy conspiracy therapy, Ephus, and then I would what was the one Josh stick stiff yeah yeah then he's like can you come on this and I'm like oh yeah <laughs> Aaron's like what's <sighs> left of my yeah what's left of my energy level I know. <laughs> You came in guns blazing today. There's some zingers on I this left one. I was, I'm pent up. <laughs> we'll make sure to drain you every time, sir. That's episode 100 as well. <laughs> we'll have a video component by then figured oh, out. Oh, Lord. We're, we're, we were talking about wearing tuxes. Maybe we'll yes. do that. That would be <laughs> fun. Probably not. <laughs> but I like the idea. I do, too. Maybe you can draw it in, like, in post. Maybe we can just do tux t-shirts. T-shirts. Okay. That I... <laughs> I think I can commit to that. A tux t-shirt and maybe a top hat. A top hat, uh, yes. It'd just be fun. It's one of those ones you buy at Halloween Spirit. Exactly. Maybe we can get the plastic tuxedo from Halloween <laughs> Spirit. <laughs> All right, I love you, man. All right, that's been your episode. We'll see you next week. Have a good one.
This has been a presentation of Beer City Media.